their disciple. Now, I can't wait to hear from them and Pastor Andrew, but we are, we're a blessed church, amen? I'm gonna say that one more time. We're a blessed church, amen? We, we, we stand on the shoulders of giants who've gone before us. And so most of you've heard by now, today is a day of mixed emotions. Um, the Bible says that precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And that's always been a curious verse to me, but it is precious from the perspective of the one that God called home. Pastor Charles Perkle served faithfully for many years as the pastor of this church. We have considered him our pastor emeritus for some time. And the Lord graciously called him home sometime between 3 and 7 this morning, according to what his daughter shared with me. And his bride, Miss Julia, is doing great. She said, it's so appropriate that God called Charles home on Sunday, the Lord's Day. So listen, if you're able, would you just come and let's have a time of prayer. Thank the Lord for the ministry of Pastor Perkle and pray for his family. If you're physically able, come and join me at this time at the altar as you remember the Perkle family in prayer. Father, we want this morning to just open our hearts up to you in love and thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, Lord, for Jesus and for what he means to us in our lives and for our eternal future. And Lord, we want to thank you for giving this church a man like Brother Perkle, Sister Perkle. Lord, what a blessing he's been to this church. And for that tenure that he had here, Lord, this church grew and prospered and grew in not just in number, Lord, but in love and togetherness and thankfulness. And Father, we thank you for that. Thank you for his spirit that was always positive. He was always encouraging us and pushing us. And, and Lord, that was a blessing in our lives to, to feel his strength, to feel his push, Lord. It, it, it just just encouraged us to do the same. And we thank you for that. Now, Lord, the, his family, his children, and Miss Julia, they'll go through a time of mourning, and it's proper to do that. But I know she's strong, and I know, Lord, that uh, you'll be, through your spirit, strong in her. And you strengthen her in that inner person, Lord, where she needs it the most, and in those dark hours, Lord, when she feels like she's alone and she'd give anything to embrace Charles, Lord, you be there. You be her embrace. You be the one who will love her the most during that time. And Father, if you'll do that, uh, Lord, we'll praise you. We'll give you glory. And we'll bless you in every breath, Lord, just thinking you and praising you for what we experienced with him and with his Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, church. I know many of you had never met Pastor Perkle, but even if you never met him, 
You're influenced by his faithfulness, by what the Lord has done here in this place. This weekend, our students have had an incredible, incredible time together at United Weekend, Disciple Now. Watch this video and get just a glimpse of some of the things the Lord did. So the thing that I think Jesus wants to reshuffle and reorganize for us tonight is this idea that Jesus is intentional, but Jesus is not customizable. Welcome to Airline Baptist Church. My name is Andrew Fogarty. I am the youth pastor here. And if you see this big group of people right here, uh, this weekend we were at Chestnut Mountain. We were in host homes from church members in, our, in, in, this, in this church right here. And we were part of a weekend called United Weekend, also called D-Now. And it was just absolutely amazing. Um, if you have no idea what that is, basically it's like a student ministry conference, but like on like steroids. It's like you get like maybe two hours of sleep the entire weekend. So if you see these students sleeping in a minute, it's because they have had zero sleep all weekend. Um, but what we, what we saw this weekend was just an incredible move of God. And it really was. Um, 20 plus churches in our, in our county, in our area, um, gathering together for one name and one name only, and that's Jesus. It was so beautiful this weekend to see students worshiping Jesus, um, just fully surrendered in a posture to surrender to Jesus. Um, in particular, I had a, I had a small group that of, we, we took 53 kids from our church this weekend uh, to go to United Weekend, which was just awesome. And I, and I wanna brag on God for a minute in the sense of this weekend, there was a specific group that God burdened my heart for. 
um, just, just one, like, not that all of them weren't, I wasn't burdened for, but there's one group that God really called me out to pray for. And I was talking to that small group leader before the weekend even got started, and we both had the same heart for it. And last night in the service, we just watched that, that group transform before our eyes. And the transforming of power of Jesus was on display for all to see. My mom was even there last night. And it was just in an instant, in an instant, people stepped into eternal life of Jesus last night. And people got real in their faith with him. People made big decisions. And I, I can't stress this enough. God, guys, God just really in an instant has transformational power. And I witnessed that in the lives of these students this weekend. The students you see here are not the same students that, we, that got here Friday night. All, every single one of them are completely different. And it was just amazing to watch that change happen over the weekend. And just to watch some of our own change. It was just people you spent time on. Just It finally clicked for them this weekend. Yesterday I was almost emotional on the way to the church because I just wanted the kids to get it. I know what it's like to get it. I know what it's like to not have not got it, but I just wanted them to get it. And these, some of these kids got it this week and they heard about Jesus. And so if you're here today and you don't know who Jesus is, get ready because you're about to see his, us worshiping him and putting him on display for y'all today. So I'm gonna pray. These guys are gonna help lead worship. Um, actually, before I pray, I can't, I can't forget about this. There's some people that, that made this week impossible uh, that we couldn't have done this weekend without. And so if you were a small group leader, if you're a host home leader, if you cooked dinner last night, um, can you please just stand? Can you give it up for these people? So much went into this weekend and these small group leaders and these host home leaders, they're some of the very ones. They're not teenagers, if you didn't know. And so them going on two hours of sleep at night is not easy. Um, but they were in the trenches this weekend. They rolled up their sleeves and they got after souls. And they poured Jesus in these kids and I watched them do that and watched them pour their hearts out on these people and it was just incredible. And guys, small group leaders, everybody. And if you gave scholarships, man, just I, thank you. Thank you. You guys helped make this weekend possible. And I hope that you could see a small glimpse and just by looking out and seeing um, what you're giving allowed us to do this weekend. So I'm gonna pray. We're just moving to a time of worship and just thank God for who he is. God, we love you. Thank you for this weekend. Oh God, thank you for this weekend and thank you for your power and how good you are just to show people of all ages that you're just worthy of praise. Thank you for the speakers and just Chestnut Mountain put it on an incredible weekend um, just so we could praise you. Thank you for the work you've done and I pray that you continue to move today as we meet. We love you, amen. Good morning, church. Y'all stand and sing with us. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out Working all things out Oh yes I will Lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy 
when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes i will Count on one thing. Count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. He's working all things out. Oh yes, I will. Lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Oh, yes, I will and I choose to pray. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. To glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against one more time. I choose to praise to glorify, glorify the name of all names. The nothing can stand against. Oh yes, I will lift you high in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name oh yes i will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days oh yes i will for all my days oh yes i will for all my days yes i is finished the end 
end is written Jesus Christ my living home who could imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace yes, God. the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken I am forgiven the King of Kings calls me his own beautiful Savior I'm yours forever Jesus Christ my living home sing hallelujah hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living hope oh hallelujah praise the one who set me free hallelujah death has lost its grip on me you have broken every chain there's salvation in your name jesus christ my living home then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me yes came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body Oh 
Amen. could be Jesus came forth to be born of a virgin dwelt among men my example is he the word became flesh and the light shined among us his glory revealed
can be seated. Somebody just say praise the Lord. Amen. He's worthy of all praise. What an honor it is to be in his house and be surrounded by young people like these. And we got to participate in last night a little bit of what the Lord did because of your faithfulness to give and your faithfulness to pray. We can do things like this. Hey, if you look inside your worship guide, there is a little card that is exactly like this. We call that a connect card. We'd love to be able to connect with everyone who's here today. If you're here today for the very first time, you're a very special and welcome guest. My wife and I would love to meet you right back here in this corner after the service. We've got a little gift we'd like to give you, just a token of our appreciation to thank you for being here today. If you're here every week and this is your church home, you just put your name on there. If you have praises and prayer requests you'd like to share with us, we're going to lift those up to the Heavenly Father in our Tuesday morning staff meeting. Several of you have asked about arrangements for um, Pastor Perkle. Um, that will be at Flanagan um, Funeral Home in Buford, Georgia. No arrangements, but that is the, the funeral home that will be handling those arrangements. We'll get that out to you as soon as we know all of that. Also inside your worship guide, there is a, a prayer guide for Annie Armstrong Season of Prayer for our North American Missionaries. One of our teams from our church, a team of 10 of us, will be going to serve with some of our North American Mission Board missionaries in Boston and Worcester, Massachusetts this summer. There's a prayer guide to help you pray through that and we always receive an offering in honor of a lady by the name of Annie Armstrong who was a missionary at this season of the year so there's an offering envelope in there you can take home with you and pray about that we're six weeks away from Easter Sunday the biggest day on the calendar all year long last year, last week we gave you a, a piece of paper you could fill out to pray for seven names for seven weeks between them and Easter if you didn't get one then you can still Please be faithful to do that. If you pass those names along to us, we'd be honored to pray specifically for those names as well. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to give to all that the Lord does. The Bible says the tithe is the Lord's and the tithe is holy to the Lord. The scripture instructs us to bring all the tithes into the storehouse, says the Lord. I don't give because I have to give. I get to give because God's blessed me, amen? I don't have anything that didn't first come from the hands of my heavenly father. And he just asked me to honor him with that first 10% of my tithe. Anything beyond that is a love gift. So let's pray together as our folks prepare to come and receive our tithes. The Lord's tithes and our offerings will collect those connect cards after the message this morning. Lord Jesus, we just stand amazed at who you are. The fact that holy God doesn't need anything would see fit to 
send his only begotten son to this earth to seek and to save that which was lost. God, I was one of those that was lost. I declare with the hymn writer that I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. God, we praise you for that amazing grace that covers all of our sins. God, we praise you for that glorious day that you've told us one day, just like you came the first time, you're going to come back again and rapture your church out of here. So God, would you take our, your tithes and our love gifts and may you multiply them. Lord, bless the gift and the giver. Help us to touch lives here from this hill, in this community, throughout North America and around the world because you are worthy and you've commanded us to do it. So may we be faithful to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. The Savior of the world was fallen His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse upon Him final breath he gave as heaven looked away the son of god was laid in darkness a battle in the grave the war on death was waged the power of hell forever broken the ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away, his perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting?
Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah to Him, Lord. We sing hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. We sing hallelujah. Dear God, I just thank you for this day. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come together every week and dig deep within your word, God. God, we are so grateful that you have overcome our sin and overcome everything that is natural to us. Lord, as Andrew comes to bring the message, I pray that his words will not only come to us and, in, and enter our minds, but would they stick? Would they stay with us the rest of the week, the rest of our lives? Help it to change who we are and how we live for you. And it's in your precious name I pray, amen. Amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Can you guys give up for the worship band today? They did awesome. They did awesome. These are some of our own students up here leading with, and just worshiping God with their talents. It's so awesome to see. Um, some of you may be confused. Why is the pastor sitting on a, in a chair on the stage with no pulpit and a table? Well, that's a good question. I ask myself a lot too. Um, this past semester, so normally I'm a pretty high energy guy and I am still pretty high energy guy. Sometimes I'll be walking over here and I'll be excited and then I'll go back over there. And sometimes I just get distracted in my own walking that people are distracted as well. Um, but with something I've noticed this past semester, and we did a study with our students, is I wanted to do something that places emphasis on the Word of God and teaching the Word of God. And so what I did and what I found myself doing is sitting down on a stool, opening God's Word and teaching them what it says. Because I believe that the Jesus that's, a, that's written about in this Bible is the same Jesus that these smelly middle school boys encountered this weekend, the same Jesus that these high school girls fell more in love with than TikTok this weekend. Their phones were still dead last night, but they still love that Jesus. And that same Jesus that was there this weekend in the form of the Holy Spirit is here today with us. He's here today with us. And I believe in that power that he had this weekend to pour out into these students, but I believe that power is still here today and he wants to pour it out into this church today. 
And so whether I'm, whether I'm, I'm up here running around in a minute because I'm excited just from this weekend, I'm on not a lot of sleep either, but I did drink some coffee this morning, so I'm a little jittery. But I'm excited about this message for about a month now. I've had this message. I've been sitting on it, and I've just been telling everybody that's asked me about it, like, are you ready to preach? I'm like, oh boy, am I ready to preach? Y'all better get ready. That's why I just kept telling them. It's like before you get on an airplane, tell you get buckled up in a seatbelt, like this is what it's going to be because I'm excited and we're going to get going here in a second. I'm fired up. I'm ready to preach this message because this message is something that's important to me and it's something that is important, has played an importance in my life. If you don't know a little bit about my background, I'm an athlete, washed up athlete, I'll say. Washed up. I played my ball. I'm done. My shoulder's blown out from playing baseball for so long. Now I'm in coaching and still somehow have a functioning arm enough to throw BP every once in a while. I only have kids yet and my arm's already done. My body's falling apart. But in sports, there's something beautiful about sports and it's this word called competition. And I love competition. I'm one of the most competitive people you will ever meet in your life. Sarah, my wife can testify. My mom can testify to it. She raised me. I love competition and I love to beat you in anything. If we're walking out of the building, I wanna, be, I wanna beat you out of the building. If, if we're playing baseball, I wanna hit the ball further than you. I wanna hit harder than you. I wanna have a better batting average than you. I'm competitive in every part of my body. It's just, it's in my Fogarty genes. It runs through my family. My, bro- my brothers are the exact same way. We compete with each other all the time and we love it. And this, competi- this spirit of competition that I've developed in my, in my spiritual life these past few years has been something that's taken me to a whole new level spiritually. And, I, and my, my concern is that sometimes when we get saved, we pray this prayer, we sort of get on cruise control, like this, the, the speaker was talking about speaking, we get on this cruise control and think we're just coasting into heaven and that for our 80 years, however many years of living we get, we're just coasting. But that's not what Jesus calls us to do. If you turn your Bibles, Philippians chapter three, I'm gonna show you that Jesus does not call us to a spirit of contentment, but more to a competitive spirit to keep pushing on and growing and to be more like Jesus. Before we get to the passage though, before we get to the passage, I wanna set the stage for where we're at and I wanna ask a question. I wanna ask one question. You ready for it? What's stopping you? What's stopping you? Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. Before this new year started, I had some goals that I set in my life. And I, and I set a lot of goals. Sarah was a little critique. She critiqued me on how many goals I set. She said, that's a lot of goals. I said, I'm a competitive person. I want to get all these goals. And so in one area of my life, I set a specific goal. I had some uh, physical goals that I set for the year. And I, lo- I love being active. I-, I enjoy going to the gym. And so this past year, I've started doing something called CrossFit. Now, you hear that word come out of my mouth and you're thinking, yeah, dude, you're absolutely crazy. There's no fun in going and getting just destroyed in a workout and then trying to function the rest of the day. Well, it's not that fun during the workout, but I've seen my life just transform. I've had some more energy that comes about me in my life that has just been awesome. And I've seen myself get stronger and in better shape all across the board. I can, I can run, I can lift, I can, it's kind of cool. I can do like a handstand upside down now. It's kind of cool. I can't walk across this room yet. By the end of this year though, I'll be able to walk a little bit on my hands. That's one of my goals. But I had a goal. I had a goal at the beginning of this year. And one of my goals was just this, just this one lift in particular, I wanted to deadlift a certain amount of weight. Now, people out there are a lot stronger than me. There's plenty of people who are a lot stronger than me. And a couple weeks ago, I had what was my goal for the entire year. Um, I had it sitting on the bar. And I was like, that's really heavy. That's a lot of weight. 
And so I started beating myself up. It's like, oh man, if I don't get this belt on tight enough or if I don't have my form the right way, then I'm just gonna mess this whole thing up completely. And so then I get, so I get down to get to the bar and I, I get down, I get, and the bar doesn't go anywhere. I was a little upset because the guy in front of me did it for a set of five. So I was, my pride was, I was really humble right there in my pride. But what I could have done in that moment is I could have let that be the end. And I could have said, well, I guess it's just not for me, then I'll just stop working for this. But what I did is I just went down a little bit in, late, in weight, made sure to get my sets in. This past Tuesday, I showed up at the gym, or Monday, whatever day it was, I showed up at the gym. Deadlift day again. So this time, I put the weight back on the bar, and I said, I don't care what mindset I had last week. The mindset of today is I'm going to get it done. I'm going to lift this weight because I know I can do it. Now, I'm not saying put 500,000 pounds on there and then try to lift it. Something reasonable so you don't hurt yourself. But I put this weight on the bar and I go over there and I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do right now. There's a photographer there in the gym that night taking pictures of us. I'm like, I cannot mess this lift up. There's a guy taking pictures of me. So what do I do? I get up to the bar and I, I squat down and I'm like, all right, this is it right here. And it's just, boof, straight up. Straight up. A week's difference. Granted, I'll, I'll tell you, I was working out at 5.30 in the morning the week before, and this time was in the afternoon. But there's a spirit of competition in me that I didn't want to be content and settle for not being able to get that weight. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be stronger. I wanted to be better than the person who was there last week doing the first set of five. And so I pressed on and did what I needed to do, just physically. But I let that transition in my spiritual life. And so if we're in Philippians, we look in the first chapter. I don't want to get to the chapter three yet because I'm jumping ahead. But there's, it's going to make sense in a second. Philippians, Paul's writing the letter of, to, to the uh, church in Philippi. Okay, here's what's going on. Have you ever been on a mission trip? Anybody? Have you ever sent out prayer letters to people on the mission trip? Have you ever then come back and said, hey, thank you. Here's what happened on my trip. That's kind of what's going on here. Paul's writing a letter saying, hey, I'm on my trip kind of deal. But um, Paul's basically a full-time missionary kind of deal. But anyways, Paul's like, I'm on my trip. I'm gonna give you a little update on what's going on. And so we find out that Paul is in prison. He's in prison. This is it's a little tough. Now, what's his crime? Being a Christian. His defense of his faith. See, in those days and times, in that culture, you, you'd be in a Christian in that time, that would, get, that would put you in jail so you could lose your life, which Paul eventually did lose his life for it. He had his head chopped off for it. But what, what's going on here is Paul's in prison for it. And what Paul did not do is, is throw a pity party for himself. He didn't throw a pity party for himself and say, well, I'm in jail, there's nothing I can do here. No, in chapter one, oh man, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Chapter one, you get a verse 12. He says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. If you're in jail for being a Christian, how on earth could you have that mindset? How on earth could you have a mindset of what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel? Because here's what it says. It's, um, so it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard that to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Paul's faith was so radical and he didn't let being in prison stop him to where people were hearing about Jesus in prison and people around were still hearing about it. There was no spirit of contentment in Paul's life. And so then he goes on in verse 18, he says, so what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed and in that, in, that, in that I rejoice. It didn't matter what Paul went through. You can, put him, you can put him in prison. You can put him in a lake. You can put him on the road. Paul's gonna preach the gospel. 
which is, which is kind of crazy because if you know anything about Paul before he met Jesus, Paul was on the road to go like persecute the church and kill Christians. Like that was Paul, that's who he was. It was he was known for that. And so when he comes back to the apostles, you'll see it in, in the book of Acts, he comes to them and they didn't even want anything to do with him. They thought that he was like trying to fool them and get them killed and whatnot. But Barnabas stepped in and saved the day and said, like, no, this guy actually has changed. And it's, I've heard about it. I've seen it. Then you get in chapter 2, and, he's, and he's, re, he's talking about Christ and, his, and who Christ is and who Jesus is. But then you get into chapter 3. And I want you to keep in mind Paul's background, what he's done. And then you're in chapter 3. And this is the beauty of the passage, and this is where I want to go. And it's not going to be long. You get into chapter 3, verses 12. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's a good place for an amen. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. What question did I ask you at the beginning of the message today? What's stopping you? All right, Paul's in prison, okay? He's in prison for being a Christian. Which, and today, if, if we were in America and someone threw us in jail, like someone walked in and took me out and said, you're a Christian, I'd be like, uh, what did I do? I don't understand what I did wrong. Why would you take me in? And then I'd get in jail and I'd be like, why am I in jail? I didn't do anything wrong. But, but what Paul did is he got in jail and said, you know what? I'm not gonna let this stop the spread of the gospel. People in here still need to hear it as well. People need to hear about Jesus and the saving power. I watched the saving power play out in these, stu- these li- students' lives this weekend. I've seen it play out in my life and I've seen it play out in the lives of so many in this church. And that same power is here today with us. But he says, not that I've already obtained this, because right before this, he was talking about what his life used to be like, how, how big of a name he was in his, uh, as a Pharisee and as a Jew and in his culture and how big and fancy Paul was. This is like, you know, he was a big name guy and it's kind of like Tim Tebow. If Tim Tebow was not a Christian, but like on this big stage, we know who Tim Tebow is or we, th- we know who... Um, anyone famous I don't even I'm drawing a blank right now it's there's a lot of people here but I'm drawing a blank a lot of no lot of sleep this weekend it's like it's like Drew Adams in the building it's like it's a popular person all right it's a big name guy in this in the, in the area he's got insurance if you need it he'll hook you up all right it's a big name even bigger name is Kirk all right that's kind of what's going on Paul said I was the big name guy I achieved everything I did it I did it. I've covered it all. But none of that, even on my best day as a Pharisee, not even on my best day does it compare to the worst day I've had as a follower of Jesus. All those things I gained, I consider them as garbage for the sake of Jesus. They don't even amount to anything. So he says, not that I've already obtained this or anything, but or I'm already perfect. But I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Because of what Jesus did, Paul is saying, Jesus has made me his own and so I live my life for him as a result. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but here's one thing I do. What's stopping you? The question I asked a minute ago, what's stopping you? Paul's not letting it stop him if you haven't picked up on that by now. But here's, here's how, here's how he doesn't let it stop him. One thing I do, I forget what lies behind 
and I strain forward to what lies ahead. Because here's the thing. If we decide to remember what life was like when sin was fun, or if we decide to remember what life was like when we did this, or we did that, or we did that, church can sometimes lose its appeal. Jesus can lose its appeal. Being a follower of Jesus can be not as interesting anymore. Because my friends are doing this, or people at my work are doing this. This is, this is so much easier to do. It's so much easier to give into that way of the world. Paul, on this side of being saved, he realizes that I have to forget about how great life was and how great it felt in my flesh because even on my worst day, as, as a guy who's accomplished everything in the flesh, it doesn't even compare to life with Jesus. I, he, he's basically saying, I would rather be in prison for the sake of the gospel than be out in the world making tons of money and, ha- and putting everything on my name. Oh my gosh. Should I say it again? I, I, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. Because it'd be easy for me to be on a stage and proclaim that and act like I'm so great and we have 50 however many students here this weekend and things were awesome, the energy is great. It'd be great for me to say, well, look what I did. I went out and got people to come. But that's not anything that I did. I'll tell you that right now. Perez girls, goodness gracious, they invited like their whole school. But something that I could play my part in is I could just love them when they're here and try and pour into them. And then they went out and did the rest. I've equipped them to go invite their friends. And guess what? Their friends, some of them made decisions for Jesus this weekend. So it's not anything, anything that I've done at all. And Paul's saying it's not anything that I've done at all. It's all the work that Jesus has done. And so I forget what lies behind. I forget how good all that felt because in, in the reality, even last night, this guy had a spray bottle and he sprayed it and he said, your life is like a mist. That's what James is like right there. And you can try to live up and put everything good and put it all into that right there. But in the case of eternity, in a split second, it's all gone. So you can build up all these treasures you want. You can build the name for yourself if you want. Sorry, I'm excited. It's been an awesome weekend. I'm sorry if I'm really pumped up. I'm just fired up. I'm not fired, hopefully. I'm fired up, I'm fired up, I'm ready to go. That mist, that mist that went out last night, it hit me. I've heard it before, but I saw it with my eyes and I saw, I'm a, I'm a visual learner, okay? I don't do good if I'm just sitting there and don't get to interact or ask questions. I'm a, you can tell I'm pretty excited. And so I like that kind of learning style. So he goes, and I watch it go for about that much. Just like that, it was gone. Yeah, he gave a lot of things that it could have been before he sprayed it. It was like, uh, this is all the money I've saved up over the years, or this is the name I built for myself, or this is all the sports awards that I've won. And but I mean, he did it, and that was really cool, and I don't want to steal his thunder. But what I realized in that, in that moment when I'm sitting there is that my life is like, here today and gone soon. And in the grand scheme of eternity, what I do here, the only thing I'm taking with me is my soul and the souls that I was able to pour Jesus into. I'm not, I'm not gonna take this cool t-shirt. Sorry, Kylie and Madison, you can't take it with you. They didn't, they didn't make it this weekend, but they got a t-shirt anyways, but they were bugging me about it. So I don't get to take this cool t-shirt with me. Um, I like these jeans. They don't go with me. These are my running shoes, by the way. They're not going. They might not even make it through the next year, but I don't get to take those things with me. I have a, I have a really adorable dog. Her name is Jenny. I talk about her a lot. I don't get to take Jeannie with me. But here's the thing. And here's what makes that a little bit easier to forget what lies behind. Because he said, I strain forward to what lies ahead. So if you don't know about, about the language of this, it's written in the Greek. And forgetting and straining forward are written in the 
present tense, which means, hey, I'm still doing this. I didn't just forget years ago what it was like to do all these things. I didn't just forget once and then I just lived how I wanted to live. Like, thanks God for saving me. I'll see you in heaven. Like, that's not what he did. He said, I'm still actively doing this. I'm in the present still doing this. And for us, we have to continue presently doing that as well. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And he says something that he said in verse 12 and he says it again, I press on. I press on. I almost titled my message, Press On, but I wanted to ask a question instead. Because I realized that when you ask yourself a question, you make yourself think the thought. I could sit here and tell you my opinion, or I could tell you what the text says, but if you think it for yourself, it's gonna, it, you're going to hear yourself thinking. You're like, oh, well, is that right or is that wrong? I love asking questions to people because it makes them think on their own. So what's stopping you? Because for Paul, what could have stopped him was his pride. What could have stopped him was his pride. All the things that he accomplished in the flesh, the things that he just talked about. For me, what can stop me? Uh, pride, comparison, uh, lack of humility, which is also like pride. Um, anything really. Sorry, I just, I drew a blank. Can y'all forgive me? I mean, things that have stopped me. Something in comparison, I watched a guy absolutely killed on a stage this weekend and I was instantly scared to step on a stage today and preach a message because of how good his message was. I didn't think my message would even come close. But then after that, it's not about me. It's not about how good of a communicator I can be. I'm just called to preach this word right here and let this power of this word do the work just like he did this weekend. Just because he had a cool little bottle. That was cool. Or just because the guy that spoke yesterday morning could talk about how he was in a dating relationship with this girl and how it played all out and that he's a freshman in high school and then they end up getting married. It was pretty cool. Some people have some good illustrations. But something I struggle with is the comparison of that. I want to be, a, I want to be the best communicator I can because like I said earlier, I want people to get it. I want people to get it. I want the gospel to be as clear as it can be to anyone to the most lost person out there, to the Pauls of the world, when it was just beyond, what it seemed like it was beyond repair, to some of these kids that I've seen, and I'm just like, man, I just don't know when, when it's gonna, the light bulb's gonna go off. And then I watched it go off this weekend, I watched an entire group change. When I saw people who said, you know what, I don't care what it's gonna take, I'm gonna get my kids in front of them, Tommy and Amy England driving from Cartersville to bring six baseball guys to the church last night, spending an entire day to get them there, because just like me, they want people to get it. Hey guys, good to see y'all. Does this make sense what I'm saying? I want people to get it. And Paul does too. And so he says, here's how you can get it. Here's how what's stopping you can get out of the way. You forget what lies behind. You forget about how good it felt. And you think about how good it feels to walk with Jesus. You think about how good it feels to walk with Jesus. None of that will even compare. That's how he can sit in a prison cell and be content with where he's at with Jesus and know that it goes to further the gospel. Even on his worst day as a Christian, even on the toughest day, now I've, I've been through some tough days and I've been with some of you guys through the toughest days, some tough days in my time here. And it's worth it. We just gotta let Jesus do the work. So he said it again, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Let those of us who are mature think this way, but if you don't think this way, well, God, will, God can reveal that to you. 
if you don't, if you're not like me and you don't have this competitive being inside of you to where you want to be anybody and anything, that is fine right now. But the spirit of God can take over your life and make that competition spirit, competitive spirit come out alive in you. Athletes, where are you at? You don't like to lose, do you? No. Who, who, who likes to lose? I told someone, I think it was Pat yesterday, Pat Chastain, I said, I hate to lose more than I love to win. I hate losing. I want to be better than anybody else. Musicians, I mean, whatever you guys do, whatever your hobby is, theater, whatever it is, you know, it's good to want to be the best you can be. You want to be better than other people. But if you don't have that competitive spirit inside of you, ask God to give it to you and trust that he will. Trust that that competitive spirit will come out. And that when, when sin happens and it's just feel it's easy to go into this sin or it's easy to go into that sin, but hey, you know what? I did this right. That's not what he wants. I have an illustration. I think it's still in Ricky's classroom on the board. I didn't, I thought about bringing a whiteboard up here, but there's already enough stuff. Imagine like this line on the stairs right here. Imagine that just goes across the stage for a second. All right. So on this side, this line over here is sin. So you guys are in the sin line. Over on this side, this is the holiness side over here. This is holiness. This is walking with Jesus. Mary, congratulations, you're holy. Here's what's cool about it. It's when you get to, it's, this area goes as far over this way as we'll let it, and that area goes as far over there as we'll let it. But here's what happens in our Christian life is sometimes we think being holy is getting as close to this line as we can and not crossing it. Maybe stick, stick our toe in it. Well, I, I thought about it and it was there, but I didn't do it. That's not what holiness looks like at all. Jesus did not do that. Paul did not do that. If he did that, he wouldn't have wrote this letter here. If Jesus did that, he wouldn't have died on the cross for us. He would have found another way. But holiness was on his mind, and so he said, holiness is being far away from that line and not even coming close to it, taking every thought captive and putting it to death. I'm over here, I'm excited, you know, okay? So that's what God wants from you. That's what Jesus wants. I know some of you, and I know some of the things that are stopping you. But I can't look in your heart and tell you what it is right now. It would take a long time. There's a lot of you here today. But what's stopping you from taking the next step with Jesus? Maybe you've never even taken the first step with Jesus and decided to make him your Lord and Savior. That's what's stopping you today. You gotta put your faith and trust in what he did on the cross to die and forgive you for your sins and he resurrected and he's reigning forever. You need to put your faith in that for the first time today. Students, the invitation's here again. It was there last night, it's here again today. The invitation is there. What's stopping your relationship with Jesus? Believers in the room. There's plenty of things that stop me in my relationship. I know I had a four, four long list and then I forgot everything. But if I really sat down and made a list and I, if I even decided to look at my notes, I could probably give you a lot more. I'm not perfect just because I'm on a stage doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm far from it. So I'm asking you in this time of response, band, if I if you guess if you're coming back up, come on. In this time of response, I'm a, the invitation is simple. If you need to trust Jesus for the first time, 
Come find a person on staff, find somebody and tell them, I'm gonna be up here, our pastors are gonna be up here. If that's what you need to do, then do it. Because afterwards, we're gonna have a party. Believers in the room, what's stopping you from growing your faith with Jesus? Is it having the negative mindset of not being able to lift the bar and thinking it's too heavy? Does breaking free from that sin feel like it's too heavy? Because I know a Jesus who lived on earth and was sinless for 30 however many years, was tempted the same way we are, and never gave in. That Jesus is more powerful than anything you'll ever encounter in your life. More powerful than me pulling a bar off the ground or the guy who did it for a set of five. Because guess what? There's someone stronger than him too. And guess what? He doesn't get to take those muscles with him to heaven. So the invitation is there. I don't know where you're at. If you need to talk to someone about Jesus, come do it. If you need to come kneel and pray, come do it. If you need to sit in your seat and do it, just do it. Stop letting what's stopping you happen. Stop. Allow Jesus to do it. Trust that he will. Because I've seen it in my life. I've seen him break the chains of me struggling with alcohol and me struggling with different girls and me struggling with the music I listen to and the language I listen to. I've seen it break free my life. I've seen it work in Clint's life. I've heard his story. I see it happen over and over. I've seen it happen in so many of you guys' life. So I'm gonna pray. And you guys just move however you need to move. If you wanna stand up and dance and sing, I don't even care. If you wanna come to the altar and sing, that's fine with me. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for today and just your word. Thank you just for this weekend and just watching these students grow the way they did. It was incredible just to watch your move, God, and just the way you transform lives. God, I saw the instant transformation that happened. I saw it. And it was so good, it just brought me to tears, God, just watching these students, their lives change, God. I see these students as my own children sometimes and God, just to watch children grow up, it's just, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's you, God, who moves in their lives. So thank you for who you are. And I pray for my church and the people here today, God, that they will make these decisions to trust in you, God. They'll break free from whatever's stopping them. We love you. Amen. give life, you are love, you bring light to darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only.
you give life. You give life, you are love, you bring light to darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great.